The Feminist Coach Academy podcast is proudly supported by Perk Digital, podcast management and marketing for professionals and experts. For more information about how podcasts can help you build your career and business, visit perkdigital.com.au. Welcome to the Feminist Coach Academy podcast, where inclusive feminism, business, and coaching meet. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the co-founders of the Feminist Coach Academy, Naomi Arnold and Cameron Aaron. We are feminist life and biz coaches, both passionate about helping coaches, therapists, helping professionals, practitioners, and entrepreneurs integrate a feminist lens and perspective into their businesses, life, and client practice. On this podcast, we plan to help you do so. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. It is me, Cam, here as usual. And today I am with a very special guest, Amanda Rootsy, who I call Mandy. Hey, Mandy. Hi. <laughs> Thanks and for having me. <laughs> Mandy is a friend of FCA. Mandy is a graduate of FCA. And We have partnered with Mandy in other capacities. I have collaborated with Mandy for her business, Shine From Within, which we're going to talk about. And uh, my business partner, Naomi, has done business with Mandy. They've collaborated and they used to host a gentle business mastermind. And so Yes, there's a lot of connections here, and I'm really happy to have you on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Cam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I just want to yeah mention that I want to get into talking about your business, Shine From Within, which is a youth mentor training. So it's great for folks who want to work with teens and mentor teens and it's award-winning and yeah I want to talk about that and I, I want to talk about how you've been you know uh, trying to make it more inclusive and you've been learning a lot of different ways on how to do that but before I get to that I know we just go back a little bit further and just kind of have you chat about talk a little bit about what led you to shine from within to start shine from within in the first place and what led you to where you're at now Mm. okay I'm so excited to be here Kim (laughs) okay what led to shine from within so shine from within it's in its 10th year now so it's been going for a while yeah yeah and the youth mentor training as you mentioned is is a big part of what we do now but it started with just teen personal development sort of programs And that's not something I ever kind of set out to do really, but I used to teach for those sorts of businesses, even like deportment businesses and modeling schools and stuff like that years ago when I was at university. And I really enjoyed working with the the young people, with the teens. 
but it, it wasn't until I was diagnosed with cancer when I was 24 that I started to, that was kind of a two-year process of healing and learning and being rushed to emergency lots of times. But at the end of all of that, um, once we'd kind of recovered a bit too, I just really, really felt like what I wanted to do next was to work with young people. And there was so much that I learned through that experience that I wish I knew as a young person and that I kind of wished even just, you know, so much of the stuff that I've learned in FCA too, you know, how amazing to learn more about the world and the way that we're socialized and all of those things as a young person, right? Um, so that's not the language I was coming at it from 10 years ago. But um, yeah, I really wanted to hold space for young people to explore their values and think about, you know, how they want to show up in the world and not just how they think they should, I suppose. Yeah, does that answer that question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. And I'm curious if you feel comfortable, what were your teen years like for you? And were there some experiences that you had that, yeah, that you, like you said, like you wish that you, you know, maybe would have had more mentoring or support or new, new things that you maybe didn't have? Um, I had a pretty privileged upbringing, really. You know, white cisgender, middle class, was a private co-ed school I'm in a really nice school so I didn't have anything to kind of big happen during those years but it was it's just that underlying value that was placed on being extroverted and achieving lots and being involved in as much as possible and being having a timetable as full as possible and all of that kind of stuff that really doesn't suit me I've realized <laughs> but I didn't know that at the time I just thought there was something wrong with me that I wasn't keeping up or that I wasn't that I needed like rescue remedy drops I remember mum giving me all the time just to kind of cope and go to school and deal with the pressure of it I suppose so it was it was more that kind of thing I wish there was a space for more exploration around what your strengths are and and how you show up in the world and and not such a, a narrow view I suppose of what was taught to us or shared with us back then yeah in just like a traditional school yeah definitely yeah I mean we all have different ways different needs and different ways of working different ways of thinking and you know we are taught this capitalist model that you know we should be grinding and always achieving and yeah it does get us away from many of us away from you know doing what we really want to be doing and being who we really are too it, it, it is hard for example like you mentioned for introverts to try to live up to an, an extroverted world I do see a lot of that changing but yeah there's always yeah these societal expectations that make it yeah harder for us to harder for us if we're feeling like we have to try to live up to that thank you for sharing earlier about having had cancer and I'm wondering if that experience helped you realize even more just like maybe like carving your own path and, you know, what you need and, you know, kind of doing things the way that you need to do them for you. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely did. I'm, I'm so grateful to have gone through that at a young age and, and kind of getting to have some of those realizations that I don't think I would have otherwise. It's interesting looking back because... The things that really supported me at the time, having gone through the Feminist Coach Academy and done a lot of work now, I can kind of look back and see how 
some of it was actually pretty harmful, a harmful way of looking at things. And at the same time, they kind of, they did help me process and get to, to where I am now. It's, it's been just that messiness of as you unpack more and more stuff, I suppose. So for me, I remember reading the Louise Hay book, You Can Heal Your Life. And the thing that it said about blood cancers was that you've basically you've caused this cancer in your body because you've run yourself ragged and you have no clean blood left in your body or something like that. And I really took that to heart and felt like, okay, it kind of gave me a sense of control of like, okay, well, here are the things I can do to try and get better. But I really embodied that sense of it being my fault because of what I had read in in that book. And I, that's not a helpful thing. <laughs> so all of that was, it was it like supported me at the time, but also I can see that it's super problematic as well. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> these things are complicated. Yes. Yeah. I had experiences like that myself too, being, you know, interested in certain personal growth books or messages in my early 20s in particular. And because it does, it makes you feel kind of empowered and like, oh, I can control things because we want to be in control. Yeah. <laughs> we want to feel because there's so much we actually can't control, right? So yeah. it's like, yeah, we can't, you know, it's, and so I think it is a way to be like, feel empowered, even if it, it is a bit of an illusion. And then it's like, yeah, you, and I think that it can help with some things, you know, because we're not completely powerless, right? Mm. And so there is some power and agency that we do have, although some of us more than others. But yeah, I, I relate to that too, where it's like, but that kind of, those kind of messages can also make you kind of think that it's very individualized and it's, it can make you think that you cause all of your problems and your pain and that there must be something wrong with you whenever you're not feeling well or when you're going through struggling in life or whatever it is. And as we've realized, like, that's just not the case, right? I mean, yes, sometimes we mess up and things are our fault, or sometimes we make certain decisions that give us certain results, good or bad or not, or neither. And but what the thing that gets left out of a lot of these messages, right, and this personal growth world in general is societal oppression, right, systemic oppression and how real that is and how much that really does impact us and how, yeah, how like individualized that perspective is where it just becomes all about the individual instead of like, yeah, the collective and how we're connected to each other and how we are co-creators of our lives and of and in society and and how we all are impacted by social conditioning and systemic oppression. So yeah, it is messy and complicated, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And there was a there was a particular conversation on an implementation call, I think, in the FCA with Nicola Haggett. And it just really it shined a light on some of that that stuff for me um mm -hmm. the, yeah this like healthism and yeah. this yeah so like what Bandy is referring to is well nikki teaches an elective class in our training on practicing body liberation but also nikki draws from isabel abbott who also teaches a class in our training on healthism and ableism and healthism you know, this idea, I don't remember actually how Isabella defined it, but how I think of it is like this like societal ideal, quote unquote, of like what it means to be healthy and kind of always striving for that. 
and really breaking that down. And because that, that can be harmful. And some people just, they can never achieve that. And I would say that none of us can achieve it all of the time. There's going to be periods where we're ill, we're sick, we're disabled, we're whatever it is. And that needs to be okay, right? But in this society where all the isms interconnect, it's like, oh no, but you've got to grind and you've got to like be healthy and you've got to like, you know, do this and do that. And, you know, survival of the fittest kind of messaging and, you know, again, and very, you know, ableist, very capitalist. And so it's, but all of those messages really like seep into us in these very unconscious ways, right? And we don't even realize like how they show up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's on us. Yeah, that's on us to fix it and to get to that optimum level at all times. Yeah. So and I'm curious then, where are you at now with, if you feel like answering, like with your own relationship to healthism, you know, body liberation, yeah, good question. <laughs> it still feels really messy, actually. Yes, yes and that's okay. Um, yeah, I'm at this point at the moment where I'm actually feeling, it's just gone to spring here in Australia and I'm feeling like, oh, I, I want to get out moving a lot more again and I want to feel stronger in my body and looking at doing strength classes again and stuff like that. And all through winter, I didn't feel like doing that and there was still a lot of guilt around that or, or shame, I think, around that. And just constantly questioning what the motive is behind it, I think, because I live in an area where there's a, there's just a lot of really affected bodies walking around in bikinis at all times. So is it coming from my desire to look a particular way or is it coming from, you know, wanting more energy and feeling strong? I feel like I'm still really figuring that stuff out. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely a messy process of unraveling that kind of conditioning yeah and I I guess I my background too was was modeling as well which was just 100% about the way that you look and even now I still sometimes do it for for different brands that are fine with a 38 year old body (laughs) it doesn't look the same as it as it did back then but yes it's still very top of mind for me I think actually Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah for sure yeah, definitely the modeling world, you know, connects as well. <laughs> Lots of messages there. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk more about Shine From Within. I know you have a book as well called Shine From Within, and then you have your youth mentor training. I know you've been trying to make it more inclusive, and there's certain things that you've been doing. So I was wondering if you could share more about well, actually, maybe just share more about what the training is first so people get a better idea in case anybody wants to take it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, so it's an online training to support adults who would like to hold a space for young people uh, and build a business working with young people. There is an option to take the training just the first half where it's more about understanding what's going on for young people, how you can hold an, an inclusive and a supportive and nurturing space for young people. Yeah, and be a, be a really beautiful mentor. Uh, and then, yeah, how you can do that in all sorts of different settings, whether it was retreats or one-on-one mentoring or going into schools. Uh, there's so many ways that we can support young people. And I just really feel strongly that 
every young person deserves a mentor in their life that's separate to the family support network that they might have or the school that they, they might be involved in. It's just so nice to have a third space, almost like another place that they can just talk through things or feel heard and, and certainly group mentoring, peer peer kind of experiences are so, so supportive and valuable for, for adolescents as well. So holding circles or running workshops and things like that can be really special too. Do you want to co-create a new industry standard for helping professionals and entrepreneurs like yourself, where you are devoted to the praxis of inclusive feminism in your life, business, and client practice in order to truly serve yourself, your clients, and society in more nuanced, whole, liberating, and long-lasting ways? Then we invite you to join our Feminist Coach Theory Training. Go to feministcoachacademycourses.com to enroll today. We hope to see you in our community and co-create this vision together. Another thing I'll note there too, I think, is that it's all the work that we do is in the prevention, non-clinical kind of space. So it's not about counseling or psychology or therapy or anything like that. It's more about, yeah, holding the space before they might need that support or in addition to that support. But yeah, we're, we're very, and part of the training is getting really clear on where that boundary is and how we can refer students on if they need more support as well. I love that. Yeah, I think that's so important. And it seems like times are pretty tough for teens these days. I mean, I wouldn't really know. I don't have kids uh, and I'm not really around teens, but I do hear a lot on the news and from other parents or from parents that, yeah, it's like a different world for teens, right? Like, and that's largely to do with social media. Yeah. 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 It's a different world than what we experienced, but it's, it's not different to them, you know, like they've always grown up with that. So it's, it's not, yeah. Yeah. They kind of don't have that context to compare it to anything else. Right. (laughs) It's just a part of how they communicate and connect and find community too. So social media can have some really beautiful benefits for young people too, in the way that they can find people that really get them or that connect with them that they might not find just in their immediate geographical kind of location or in their school. Yeah. But it's interesting when you talk about the problems too, that they might be going through just in the last year, there's a really great study here in Australia by Mission Australia that interviews about 20,000 teens every year. And what was coming up a couple of years ago is the top three concerns were like body image and stuff like that. But actually at the moment it's COVID, <laughs> but then inequality and discrimination was number two, I think, mm-hmm. on the last test. And lots of stories being shared about what they're seeing amongst their friends, what they're experiencing personally, particularly if they do uh, hold a marginalized identity or yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So they really, they see everything and they just take it all on so much, you know, it can, it can feel like a really heavy, heavy place to be. I think this mm-hmm. world at the moment, especially if you, well for all of us, <laughs> but for young people, they, they can really take that on and feel like there's not a lot of hope for, for, for what's mm-hmm. next. Yeah. And for, for their life going forward. So right. yeah. Hmm. Yes. Yes. They are living and growing up in an interesting time. Yeah. yeah. I know like a couple people in our training who do have teens, like 
they're while they are taking our training, like their team came out as trans or non-binary and they found the classes in our training helpful to help them understand their child better and to be a better support and better parent, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. And I, and I know mm-hmm. that that's, you know, as a non-binary person myself, like I know that the statistics for, well, I don't know what they are, but I, I know that non-binary and trans teams do struggle a lot. And I know that the suicide rate is high and I know the depression rate is high and yeah. And I can imagine for, Black teens, Indigenous teens, disabled trans Black teens, right? Like, I mean, yeah, it's just, there's a lot of those, you know, those intersecting identities of, and intersecting experiences of oppression, just making things even harder. So I think having more support <laughs> for teens is, is super needed. Yeah. Definitely. (laughs) And even though you're in Australia, your program is global though, right? And you have team mentors in various parts of the world, as well as people who become team mentors living all over the globe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 30 plus countries now, I think, of where we have youth mentors setting up programs and kind of their own little hubs. And pretty um, much every continent. Yeah, every continent now, yeah. Except Antarctica, um, or do we have Antarctica? Uh, no, we don't have <laughs> <laughs> And we don't really have any down in South America either, but everywhere else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are there any teens in Antarctica? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there must be. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it really, it supports them to kind of set up their own thing with what, with co-creating with what's happening with the young people in their communities, making sure that we're always centering the voice and, and the needs of the young people, of course, and then bringing our own kind of experiences and flavor to it as well. So it's not like a, a franchise where you would set up something, a shine from within thing. You're just taught how to do whatever you want yourself, really. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. So yes, I know that you've been taking actions to make it more inclusive. And I was wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing some of those things that you've been doing and how they've been working out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, of course, there's always more to do and it's been quite a long, it has been a long process over a few years, I would say, of having starting with I think probably starting with a consulting session with you, actually, Cam, (laughs) Um, and looking at the gender stuff because that comes up a lot when talking about youth youth mentor training or in the youth mentor training. Um, We often have mentors coming in with really specific ideas of of who they want to work with, particularly most of the time people coming in wanting to work only with girls. So opening up that conversation of, you know, why? (laughs) Why just girls? And if you do want to kind of focus mostly on girls how can you still be inclusive to other people that might like to come along that don't identify as as girls um so that's always quite a big conversation now in the youth mentor training because we've added more trainings to it you know like they they get to hear from you in in the gd of care module we've added more uh, additional trainings in there now too from uh like sharon holmes has got two one-hour classes in there in the gd of care module as well looking at inclusion in terms of race but she talks about a lot of different things actually and they even cover uh, just all the 
just this, you know, there's so many things to consider when um, wanting to include everyone. Yeah. And so we've added these sorts of trainings in, not as like bolt on bonuses at the end or something, but into the fabric of the training. And then we've changed the format of the training quite a bit too now where they do have to get where you come through and you're certified so we can see that they've done everything they've submitted all their worksheets we can give really good feedback and that has been fantastic for making sure that these conversations are coming up on the group calls rather than it being something that's caused a bit of resistance or discomfort and they're not really going any further so they kind of have to talk have to more work about through it, it which has been good yeah yeah so that's been that seemed good and challenging and, and but it's given a lot more to the training, I think, and the way that they and how confident they feel at the end of the training too. And in terms of it, okay, I think it's just it's shifting that mindset too for people that haven't started to do this work as well of like, I'm going to run the program for the majority and then, you know, case by case basis, I might consider making it accessible to someone if they reach out kind of thing to going, well, actually, you know, if we make sure that all of our spaces for young people are set up to to make sure that someone that does have some kind of a, a disability and, and can't access the space or that does identify as non-binary, that that they feel really welcomes there straight away. And and of course, you know, that that means it's better for everyone. <laughs> so yes, it's, it's just exactly. that, that shifting of <laughs> making it for, for yeah, making it for everyone so that it's then it's then even better for them for the majority anyway. But yeah, that's always can be challenging, I think, to think about it and to to shift perspectives, but it's really good, so good. And then in terms of accessibility, that's taken a while too because we've we've got six sixty plus hours of training videos and and workbooks and things like that. So to transcribe all of that, to add captions for all of that because we didn't set out to do that years ago has taken a bit of time, but it's kind of all implemented now. And then, but then there's always more like <laughs> we just had someone's in the current round of the training who's vision impaired, and that's the first person like that that's come through the training. So now, like, so going through and making sure that every PDF is screen reader compatible and that sort of stuff that I hadn't considered in that first round of going through and up there making the luck rate. So yeah, it's been fun going through and making all those, all those changes and, and knowing that. It costs money as well and, and we can't do everything at once. So trying to be gentle in that process too and keep going. <laughs> yes, that's, yeah, exactly. And it is, it, yeah, when people, you know, think about being more inclusive and accessible, it's like, here's all these things you can do. And then it's like, but you can easily feel overwhelmed and it's not about doing all of them right now at the same time, but making a plan, right? Which is what we have folks do in FCA is creating an action accountability plan and making a plan. It's like, okay, next week, I'm going to do this. The next month, you know, this is a weekly thing. This is a monthly thing. This is a yearly thing. And so, yeah, kind of making a plan for yourself where it's so to make it easier because otherwise it's not going to get done. If you think you need to do all the things now, then you're not going to do anything. So, you know, it's better to do little along the way than nothing at all and it does it can take time to to get to the places you want to get to with accessibility and and inclusion and and then like you said like there's more that you'll learn along that way as well and 
And I love that you said it's fun to make these changes. <laughs> it's because it, 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 is, yeah. it. <laughs> but it is fun, right? It is fun yeah. to be more inclusive. Like in, when you're presented with an, a new idea of like, oh, this is how I can make things better. Yeah, that should be fun. Come on. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It, because, yeah, you're right. It's, there's always going to be something else. And I, it is so... It can be quite complicated in in this space too. And I try to make sure that everyone coming through the training just feels like they have all of the information and but and then they make decisions for themselves. It's their business. And the context is so different around the world too, even if I think about the gender yeah. sort of stuff. You know, when when we have a youth mentor joining us from Nigeria, it could be unsafe for, for her to say that she welcomes LGBTQ plus teens right. because it's yeah so because it's considered like a crime yeah it's a crime yeah right. yeah so 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 yeah, it's been really to... interesting kind of giving the info and going yeah these are some ways some things you can do and do and what, always what apply it to, to yeah exactly always apply it to where you live the cultural context you know yeah and that's yeah. been a challenge for us as well in FCA um, a good challenge right in realizing yeah. that yeah, we, I mean, we do the same thing where it's like, here's the material, here's the ideas, take the idea, but then the actual action of that idea is going to vary depending on who you are, where you live, the cultural context, the language you speak, right? Like we have, like you, we have people speaking various languages because they're joined from all over the globe. And you know, and, and when it comes to like the gender stuff, for example, they're like, I don't know what language to use in this Portuguese, for example, or whatever, to be gender inclusive. And so it's like, that's where, you know, I suggest like, well, pay attention to the folks who are in your country, who are outside of gender norms and the gender binary, mm -hmm. what language do they use, you know, use that, you don't, you're not necessarily going to be using what I'm using in the US or whatever it is, right? So it's always, but it does like all of these reminders reminds me and, and us to that like, yeah, I mean, obviously the US perspective tends to dominate a lot of the world and, you know, really being careful of that. And also like, just, yeah, really bringing it back to like, okay, yeah, you know, apply it to your context and being, yeah, being reminded of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I just yeah, realized so our trainings are very similar in that way <laughs> yeah 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 sometimes I'm not sure how much to let go I think too of like this is our training and like this is what I'm presenting with you but you're ultimately starting your own business so you have to make these decisions for yourself and then so I think adding the certification component to the training recently has really helped me feel comfortable to make sure that they've ticked off quite a few things, you know, to be certified, they have to, to share really practical stuff like their risk management plan and things like that with working with young people, but also how they're being inclusive and, and what they're doing to, to make sure, yeah, that even if they are running programs just for girls or just for boys, that they've really thought through whether that's necessary and that if they continue, yeah, down that path, how they can make sure that, yeah, young trans girl can still come along too and exactly. that they know that it's a right. safe place for them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Good, good. That's amazing. Happy to hear that. Mm. Well, I think we are at time. Um, but oh, yeah. Um, it's been really great having you on and 
And yeah, it would, um, where can people find you, your training? What would you like to share? Mm. So our website is shinefromwithin.com.au. You can find everything we do there. And we probably spend the most time on Instagram, I would say. So Shine From Within HQ on Instagram. And we've got a podcast too, actually, the Youth Mentor podcast. I always forget to mention the podcast when I'm on a podcast. The podcast isn't called Shine From Within, but it's called Youth Mentor, right? Yeah, the Youth yeah. Mentor podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and there's an interview with you there, actually. Yes, there is. <laughs> a while ago, yeah. <laughs> Yes, highly recommend and all of those links will be in the description. So check it out. Well, thank you again for coming on. We can. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please go to www.feministcoachacademy.com to learn more about our training, to grab our freebies. We have a number of freebies available for you and to learn more about who we are and to listen to more podcast episodes. Make sure you are subscribed to our podcast in iTunes or Spotify and that you're following us on social media at Feminist Coach Academy on Instagram and Facebook. And if you love our podcast, we would love it if you would rate and write us a review. That would be amazing. Thank you so much. Have a joyful rest of your day.